0: The Daily 202's Big Idea is sponsored by the American Beverage Association. Coke, Dr. Pepper, and Pepsi are offering more choices, smaller portions, less sugar. Learn more at balanceus.org. Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Thursday, June 13th. In today's news... Kim Jong-nam met with his CIA handler shortly before being assassinated by the North Koreans. Facebook is rushing to settle with the FTC before embarrassing Mark Zuckerberg emails get out. And Peter Navarro's stock keeps rising in the White House, freaking out the business community. But first, the big idea. President Trump lashed out yesterday against a widening web of congressional probes that demonstrated the limits of his strategy to declare victory and try to move past the 22-month special counsel investigation into Russian interference that has consumed much of his presidency. Yet Trump's latest efforts to defend himself ran into new obstacles as a House panel moved to hold two cabinet officials, Attorney General Bill Barr and Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross, in contempt of Congress over the administration's efforts to shield documents related to its decision to add a citizenship question to the 2020 census. The committee vote came several hours after Trump asserted executive privilege over that material. By day's end, There was more potential bad news for the White House, as Hope Hicks, the president's longtime advisor who left last year as White House communications director, agreed to become the first former aide to testify next week before a House Judiciary Committee probe into whether the president sought to obstruct justice in the Russia investigation. Meanwhile, Trump himself invited further scrutiny when during an interview with ABC News, he said he would be open to accepting opposition research on a presidential rival from foreign sources and that he would not necessarily go to the FBI if his campaign was approached. As he talked with ABC, the Senate Intelligence Committee was interviewing his eldest son, Don Jr., over his role in meeting with Russian officials during the 2016 campaign to solicit dirt on Hillary Clinton. Democrats believe he previously lied to Congress about that meeting and about his knowledge of the progress of talks related to trying to build a Trump Tower in Moscow. After he left the three-hour session, Don Jr. claimed that he's not at all worried that he'll face perjury charges and that he didn't amend his earlier testimony. People who were in the room said that Don Jr. repeatedly claimed he didn't have any recollection of key events or figures that he was asked about. But the temperature is likely to be turned up even hotter next Wednesday when Hicks, who now works as a senior executive at Fox, returns to Washington for her appearance. Earlier this month, the White House instructed her not to cooperate with a congressional subpoena for documents related to her White House service. As part of the deal to get her to come, Democrats agreed to let her testify behind closed doors, but a transcript will be released to the public afterwards and a member of the White House Counsel's Office will be present for the testimony so he can advise her not to answer queries from lawmakers. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, Kim Jong-un's half-brother went from casino playboy to slain CIA informant. Kim Jong-nam, the exiled firstborn son of the late North Korean dictator Kim Jong-il, lived among the gamblers and gangsters of the Chinese enclave of Macau. Because he was the only high-profile member of the Kim dynasty living outside the territory and employment of the regime, Japanese and South Korean reporters would flock to him on site. He was a bon vivant who enjoyed expensive watches, wine, and cigars. On Facebook, he posted pictures of himself outside various casinos and resorts. But behind the veneer of a high-rolling North Korean card shark was a man supplementing his income with a job as an informant for the CIA. Kim Jong Nam provided information to the intelligence agency and often met with his handlers in Singapore or Malaysia. A Malaysian official told my colleague Anna Fifield for a book about Kim Jong Un that came out this week that Kim Jong Nam met with an American intelligence agent on a Malaysian island a few days before he was killed in Kuala Lumpur's airport. The backpack he was wearing when he was killed in the airport had $120,000 of cash in it, potentially from Langley. Bruce Klinger, a former CIA deputy division chief for Korea, joked in an interview yesterday with Anna that a payment of that magnitude would show that the agency quote, pays its assets better than its employees. (laughs) Number two, Facebook executives are frightened that secret emails could get out that show CEO Mark Zuckerberg not just knew, but approved of the social media giant's questionable privacy practices. The Wall Street Journal has sources inside the company who say that the emails have been unearthed in the process of responding to a continuing federal privacy investigation. The potential impact of the internal emails, which could be a PR nightmare, has been a factor in the tech giant's desire to reach a speedy settlement of the investigation by the Federal Trade Commission, according to the journal. Facebook is operating under a 2012 consent decree with that agency related to privacy. And apparently these emails from around that time show that Zuckerberg and other senior executives did not make compliance with the FTC order a priority. Meanwhile, Google has just fired several of its lobbying firms as it tries to protect itself from intensifying federal scrutiny. They're bringing on new lobbyists who can protect them. The firms Google has dumped make up about half of the company's more than $20 million annual lobbying bill. Number three, the rising influence of Trump's protectionist trade advisor, Peter Navarro, has alarmed conservatives who support free trade and key businesses who depend on it. The showdown with Mexico in recent days marks a high point in Navarro's tumultuous tenure in the White House as Trump's increasingly aggressive actions on trade, including toward China, mere policies that the man he calls My Peter has pushed since the beginning of the administration. Navarro worked closely with White House advisor and outspoken nativist Stephen Miller to devise the proposed Mexican tariffs, and they beat back arguments from other aides that Trump didn't have the legal authority to implement the penalties. Navarro's ascension is frightening his critics, who have long derided him as an ideologue who doesn't let facts get in the way of his agenda. There's other fun west Wing intrigue too this morning. During a panel last night, White House Acting Chief of Staff Mick Mulvaney took shots at both of his predecessors. He said he's created a happy medium between the extremes of Reince Priebus and the domineering era under John Kelly. Mulvaney said it was a, quote, complete freewheeling Wild Wild West when Priebus was in charge, and that it felt like a militaristic Marine boot camp when Kelly was in charge. Mulvaney says he does whatever he needs to do to keep the president happy. He also said that he often tells his staff that they should have better morale because, quote, unless you were Jared and Ivanka, this is the best job you'll ever have. And that's The Daily 202 for Thursday, June 13th. Thanks for listening. I'm James Hellman. I'll talk to you tomorrow.